0: I told you I would come up with something and it's taken me all week. It was either that or it was Rat Fans by Roland Rat. Rat Fans. <laughs> but I didn't want to do that.
1: Well, you didn't even do Ruth Maddock's accent. Come on, let's try again.
0: Okay. Heidi High.
1: <laughs> Ruth Maddock.
0: <laughs> I really admire Ruth Maddock. For, for, for her Heidi Highs and for the fact that she was um, dyslexic as well and managed to learn her script for every episode, like, word for word, because she knew that she couldn't just sort of have it in hand and, and read it off it. She knew it off by heart from the start.
1: Oh, wow. Mm. And she was in Woof. She wasn't. But do you know what? We should probably say hello. And introduce <laughs> yeah, what we're sorry. doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to the latest episode of the Sado Podcast. I'm Alison Barton-Simmons.
1: Okie dokie, pick it a pokey. I'm ex
0: Benedict. Oh, that's just pissed all over. That's just pissed all over my Heidi high.
1: That's it. Oh, sorry. No, go on. What were you saying about Ruth Banner? Yeah, no, she was in um, she was in Wolf. I posted a clip this week of her in Wolf with with Mister Wolf.
0: With Mister Walt from like yes, the last from... episode, really? Yeah,
1: yeah, playing tennis against uh, Lisa
0: Goddard. That just sounds like some kind of weird fever dream.
1: I thought you were going to say euphemism. <laughs> no, she really was playing tennis. Yeah. He was the umpire, I think, Mister Woof.
0: Oh, good old Ruth Maddock and Mister Woof and Lisa Goddard.
1: Oh, I think we could um, we could easily talk all over again about last week's episode because we all enjoyed it so much, didn't we?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was up there with one of the best. But this this week, let's bring it back to this week. We are on episode five of Faulty Towers Gourmet Night.
1: Gourmet Night.
0: Mm. So this episode was broadcast in October 1975.
1: And you can watch it on Daily Motion or Britbox or iPlayer or any piracy service of your choice.
0: Yes, or on DVD if you have them.
1: <laughs> we even embed the episode on our website, the Daily Motion link on our website. So just visit Club if you want to find it and watch it before you listen along to this episode.
0: That's how it works. You can join us by, by watching the episodes and then listening to us. We are kind of a listen along podcast, so you, you, but you don't have to have watched it. You can you can pretty much get the gist. We we do a deep enough dive for you to be part of what's going on without having sat down and watched it prior to listening.
1: Yes, but I do think the jokes work a lot better firsthand than us reciting them and telling you what happened. This is just your accompaniment.
0: So, nineteen seventy five. Ah, yeah, um, yeah, October nineteen seventy five. I I have hastily cobbled together a quiz of of events from 1975 for you to try and mm-hmm. have a go at then okay
1: are you going to present this in the style of one les or another
0: um i thought which les which les category would it fit into just general, general general knowledge 1975 questions
1: probably no les fits
0: no
1: like. go go for terry wogan if you like you did terry
0: i can't do the irish accent
1: Neither can he. <laughs> he sounded like nobody from Ireland ever.
0: No, I haven't got that that kind of like lilting sort of loveliness to my voice. I'm afraid it's a bit
1: fair enough. You can just do it as you are. We won't hold it. I'll just do
0: it as me. Is that all right? I'll just put my own trousers on this week. So let's just let's see how you go. I'm sure you. I'm sure you'll be fine with with these, Ben. But let's um, okay. let's let's give it a go. Okay. So th- this episode came out in October, um, October the 17th, 1975. hmm But which TV show in the USA started the same week as this episode on the 11th of October, 1975? Was it? Okay. Was it Cagney and Lacey? Mm-hmm. Was it Saturday Night Live? Was it The Young and the Restless? Or was it All My Children?
1: Never even heard of The Young and the Restless.
0: It's a it's um a TV show. It's a TV show. It's a what are they called? Um like a soap opera. It's like one of the one of the infamous American soap operas.
1: Okay. I think I'm gonna go say Saturday Night Live because I think that is around about the age of that show. I'll go for that.
0: What an amazing guess. well done, yes. It was. <sighs> Same week as this episode of, of Faulty Towers. Well done. Good start. Number two. That is a good start. I'm going to chalk you up one.
1: On the Lesboard.
0: One on the Lesboard. Which Queen classic was released in the same month as this episode, in October 1975? Was it Killer Queen? Mm -hmm. Was it Bohemian Rhapsody? Was it Radio Gaga? Or was it I Want to Break Free?
1: Definitely wasn't the latter two, because they were 1984 so that gives me a fifty fifty shot. Killer Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody were both early songs and I think I'm gonna go it could easy be Killer Queen, but I think I'm gonna go Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Oh well done. That's two. Two less wow. to you. Excellent. It's all coming together. Oh Kidoki. Number three. Which IT company was started in nineteen seventy five? Was it Apple? Was it Hewlett Packard? Was it IBM? Or was it Microsoft? IBM. Oh, it's good, but it's not good enough. It was Microsoft.
1: No, I didn't know they were that old. I thought they were early eighties.
0: Microsoft by a nineteen-year-old, Bill Gates. Wow. Okay. Nineteen. God, I think he. Nineteen. Nineteen. I think he burnt down his um his parents' garage in the process. That might be a bit of a bit of a myth, but.
1: Hmm. There's a lot of myths about Bill Gates going around. There isn't there? isn't.
0: There, there is, yeah, it's very relevant. It's very relevant to to today. Okay, number four. Which American city police force went on strike in 1975? Which is which is the point being that police officers it, it, they can't officially go on strike, can they? They can't just decide to sort of like down tools right. and and disappear off to do something else. Uh, but in 1975 this police force decided to down tools and and go on strike. Was it the New York Police Department? Was it Miami? Was it Denver? Or was it San Francisco?
1: Hmm. I'm going to go with either New York or San Francisco. I don't know, but I would have thought that if it's major news, it's not likely to have been Miami or Denver, (laughs) weirdly. So I'll go for New York, just because it's probably the most high-profile police department.
0: Oh, again, you were close. It was San Francisco. Oh. They, it, was, it was over a pay dispute, and it was only for four days, but it was still big news because it just, it just wasn't something that, that happened all the time. Number five. Which popular Volkswagen model is still produced and was introduced in
1: 1975?
0: Okay. Was it? And I apologise for any of my mispronunciation of these cars. Sirocco. Right, the Toreg. The Chiron. Yeah. Or the golf.
1: It's got to be the golf, hasn't it? Because the others are just throwaway; they're not iconic ones that have lasted all through the years.
0: Well done. It was indeed the golf. Was it a golf that? Was it a golf? Oh, you're on three three less points right now.
1: Three less points. Fantastic.
0: Was it? Was it a golf that Margot had? That green snotty golf well, or was it a polo it was if it was a vw though weren't it
1: i'm not sure now my wife had a green vw polo so i don't know if i'm just getting art and reality world. intertwined in my <laughs> mind easily
0: done <laughs> easily done okay next question which home video playback device was released in 1975 was it the Betamax, the vhs the home film projector or none of the above
1: the VCR surely was much later, and I thought the Betamax came out at much the same time. So I'm going to go with that third one. What was it?
0: The home video projector.
1: I'll go for that one.
0: It was the Betamax. Was it? Yeah.
1: Well, I believe that the Betamax supposedly was better technology than the VCR. It's not necessarily the best technology that wins out, is it? It's the Yes. It comes down to a lot of other factors. Yes. So that had been around before the VCR even came into play, did it?
0: Mm. I think, was yeah. the VCR better marketed as well? Was it to do with the marketing sort of behind it?
1: Probably. It's all I'm about sure who some... you know, innit?
0: I think so. I'm sure someone will tell us if we're wrong anyway. Yeah.
1: Oh, so that's pissed on the chips. So I'm only on three out of six now. Is that the last one?
0: Uh, yeah. No, I've got one more. This okay. Is... <laughs> right. But I, I, if you get this wrong, there's something up. A Spanish dictator died in 1975. And so, <laughs> Monarchy... Um, returned to the country was the Spanish dictator G- General Ferdinand Alonso <laughs> General Francisco Franco General Marco Torres or General Raul Mata
1: doesn't he play for Man U?
0: <laughs> yeah I think he does yes
1: um, I will say Franco
0: it was Franco well done That's and where was he Spanish. when he died in Madrid in Madrid <laughs> points out of a possible seven there so well done
1: yeah on a year that i didn't even live in
0: exactly well done
1: pretty good going yeah well thank you for that um 1975 quiz i hope we've got a 1979 one coming up when we get on to those episodes
0: yes we'll have to move it forward and, and yeah i'm sure there'll be. I'll, I, I will put one together but that was that was helped by googling it online so it wasn't it wasn't stuff that i've made up they are these questions are out there
1: well, no, because if you made it up, then you wouldn't know if the answers were correct or not.
0: Exactly. I've done that before. We're <laughs> <I've> all set <laughs> off with a quiz and not known the answers. Okay,
1: shall we get stuck into this episode then? let do it. Which, uh, as we said earlier, is Season 1, Episode 5, Gourmet Night.
0: We are opened up to the outside of, of the Faulty Towels Hotel with the sign, which has been hastily rearranged to spell out warty towels.
1: Yeah, I like that one.
0: Uh, made me feel a bit sick, that. <laughs> I wonder if they are warty towels inside the hotel.
1: I bet they're horrible. Ugh. Whatever towels they've got, I bet they're yeah. really stiff and, you know, well-used.
0: Threadbare, like all around mm. the edges. I bet they are. Ugh. But, ugh. So we we find faulty with his with his car bonnet up. He's, he's Austin eleven hundred. Yes. Um, and he's got his car bonnet up. It won't start. The alarm's going off, and he's giving it a right telling off. He's he's proper shouting at his car, isn't he?
1: He is. Well, he's personified it, hasn't he? Mm. Which I think we all do. And it's not a seventies or a Basil thing. We all shout at inanimate objects from time to time. I'm always. I go through my day calling all sorts of things bastards. Yeah. So he's just he's just giving it a telling off, and he's on his own. And I think we all do that.
0: He's telling it to make an effort, so he's, he's yeah, he's getting a bit a bit upset. Uh, back at the hotel, the telephone is is ringing off, and Manuel.
1: Yeah, he's running out trying to get Basil to come in, has not he, to deal with the phone call?
0: Yeah, he's obviously trying to pass it over to to Sybil, um, but as as, as fault gets there again, is he's busy stopping what he's doing to go and sort out the 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 problem. Sybil gets there at the same time, and so that again, my I was irritated. Why didn't she just? Why didn't she just go and sort it out <laughs> straight away? Oh, um, and Manuel gets a smack. Yeah, for, for for the issue.
1: Poor Manuel. It's not his fault, is it? He couldn't find her.
0: Sybil is urging Faulty to go and get the car sorted by someone who knows what they're doing, rather than trying to fix it himself. Yeah which seems to be a faulty way of, of dealing with things. I, I I can sort it. I can do it when he, he obviously can't. Sybil's on the phone now with Andre, who is um, a restauranteur, and he's recommended a new chef for Faulty Towers, who is, is Kurt, isn't it? The, 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 the new chef is called Kurt.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: So there's, there's great excitement that they're, they're getting a new chef. Polly also creating great excitement has has sold one of her paintings she sold one of her one of her sketches Mm. so she's 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 celebrating and wants everybody to join in and celebrate along with her with this bottle i thought it might have been champagne but as they poured it out i realized it wasn't champagne because it looked like a really bad water infection whatever she poured out, (laughs) so i think it might have just been it might have been the wine from last week the discarded wine from last it week. must have been, them, yeah. The corked wine. Um, so they're all in the kitchen and they're all enjoying themselves as Basil, Sybil, Manuel, Polly and the new chef in the in the shape of Kurt.
1: Kurt, who, who I think has bought Polly's drawing, hasn't he? He's the yes. one who bought it.
0: And it's a picture of Manuel.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that
0: Kurt's bought,
1: <laughs> mm. um,
0: which does sort of set us up for events later on.
1: Well, they telegraph it a bit, I think, at this point. It's clear okay. he's got kind of ho- homoerotic overtures towards Manuel because yeah. he is constantly talking about Manuel. He's spoon-feeding the poor bastard. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is a bit much, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you would be a bit suspicious if I was Andrew
0: Manuel. i he, yeah, he's, 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 yeah, he's, he's quite besotted. Faulty's trying to eat something off a plate that, um, that Kurt's made and Sybil's taking the plate off him and telling him to... To go and get the car sorted, so Faulty can't even have a minute just to have a little bit of a snack and a and a drink to celebrate the, the sale of the picture, and he's already been ushered back outside. We're in the dining room next with Faulty and Sybil, and they're eating with Andre, who has recommended Kurt to them as the new chef. Yeah, and the planning, they're planning this big, this big night of of food and drink and merriment, the gourmet night, that is. The next big thing that's going to take place at the hotel, and and is loving this because it means that he can he can get the clientele that he's hoping for to to sort of come along to the hotel and enjoy enjoy such an evening. Um, he goes in to check on the guests that are in the dining room at this point, and there's <laughs> this there's a kid with his with his mum and dad in there, uh, spoiled yeah. little bugger called Ronald, with his pest of a mum. Who we were in there? This kid just wants chips, and Faulty is is sort of like trying to placate this child with this mum who obviously idolizes this this spoilt little brat. Mm. Uh, did did you spot who Ronald's dad was? No, I didn't. I've got another. I've got another woofism here. He's not. He wasn't in woof, but.
1: There's another, t- that type of thing. Was he in Supergram in or something?
0: <laughs> oh, not far off, you're not far off. I have another oh, guess. Oh, Th- If on,
1: it wasn't else?
0: Supergram, what else could it have been?
1: Johnny Morris. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no.
1: Um, no. Johnny idea. Briggs.
0: Do you mean Johnny, Johnny Briggs? Johnny Briggs, that's what I yeah. mean, yeah,
1: sorry. <laughs> Johnny Morris. <laughs> Who's Johnny
0: Morris? <laughs> Is he not? Um, was he not the guy that loved animals, talked to animals?
1: Oh, well, he might have been, yeah. Oh, no, who am I thinking of now? From the really wild show with the skullit, Terry Nutkins,
0: Chris Packham. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. He had his finger bitten off by an otter. Did he? Yeah. Nutkins. Yeah.
1: We've gone. It's amazing how That's quickly way off, we've yeah, just gone way, way off. off tangent. Yeah. No, I don't um, know who played the father. Who was it?
0: It was called Jeffrey Seagal. C... I want to say Seagal. It's not Seagull. Jeffrey Seagal. Yeah. Not any relation to Stephen. But he played Arthur Perkins, who was the neighbour in rent
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. And
0: I, I recognised him straight away.
1: I did notice, um, that the mother, played by Elizabeth Benson, were, was also in another episode of Faulty Towers.
0: Oh, right. Okay. As a different person.
1: Yeah. He's done that a few times, hasn't he? Between series one and series two, he reuses actors. Cause the gin and, gin and orange guy, he comes back later as well.
0: See, I think I'd recognise him because it was such a, Sort of poignant line. I know it's only one line, but for her, she could sort of blend into the background, perhaps, and I wouldn't yeah. recognise her coming up. Anyway, we'll see if we can spot her when she turns up.
1: But the kid himself, um, yes. What's what his name? Richard? No. Ronald. Ronald. Yes. He himself, obviously, he doesn't. He doesn't like the chips because they're the wrong shape. Yes. And then he he proceeds to be obnoxious to Basil, calls him stupid, and yeah, and. Discussed faulty towers as a dump, and then um, the mother says he's very highly strung, and Basil says, "Yes, he should be." <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, that that that
1: actor, whose name escapes me now because I didn't write it down, he went on to be a chef himself. Apparently,
0: is that right? Yeah. Oh, so he knew his chips then. He knew his. He chips? He obviously
1: knew his chips, so maybe oh, he but... wasn't being precious so much as being having standards.
0: Yes, good old Ronald, little bugger. Um, he wants he wants salad cream. On, on his food, um, which is such a kid thing to happen, isn't it? Kids always want stuff <laughs> like that. But obviously, Faulty wasn't getting involved because Faulty doesn't he doesn't like children at all. Doesn't, he doesn't like, like people. Doesn't, doesn't like, like people. No, especially little no. ones. Um, and he elbows the kid in the, kid in the head.
1: And that again was because the kid kept flinching when he he was supposed to just slap him. Yes, but he kept flinching, wasn't it? So, so is that right? Got around that bike. By elbowing him when he was least expecting it, because otherwise the guy, the kid, kept flinching away. <laughs> oh, poor old. But weirdly, as he goes off, having elbowed the kid, the mm. dad says,
0: "Nice man." Weird, yeah, Mister Perkins. Probably watching it for Miss Popoff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Claypole.
0: Good evening, everything to your satisfaction? Oh, well, <laughs> well um, I don't like the chips. Sorry. The chips are awful. Oh dear, what's uh, what's wrong with them then? They're the wrong shape and they're just awful. I'm afraid he gets everything cooked the way he likes it at home. Ah, does he? Does he? Yes, I do, and it's better than this kid's garbage. Now, Ronald. These eggs look like you laid them. Ronald! <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, look, look here, old chap. Shut up. Leave him alone. He's very clever, rather highly strung. Yes, yes, he should be. <laughs> So well, these are proper French fried potatoes, you see. The chef is continental. Couldn't you get an English one? Why don't you eat just one or two, dear? They're the wrong shape. Oh, dear. What shape do you usually have? Mickey Mouse shape? Smarty shape? Amphibious landing craft shape? <laughs> <laughs> Poke-in-the-eye shape? When Andre's leaving the, the sort of planning evening for the gourmet night, he gives Kurt a funny look. Mm. Oh, It's like a, like a forewarning for what's to come next. Like as if to say, like, you know, behave. Behave,
1: yeah. Behave. And he her. says, Don't you trust me? And there's clearly something awry about this guy, mm. isn't
0: it? And yes. it's
1: clearly that he's kissing Manuel at the same time, so it's clearly yeah. all tied in. Yeah. Not you know, fully on the lips or the bell end or anything. He's just <laughs> just
0: <laughs> no. He's just sort
1: of kissing him on the head, isn't he? And and um and Manuel just thinks it's playful. <laughs> he's not phallating <laughs> him.
0: <laughs> goodness.
1: Yeah, and there's just clearly... He's clearly got a thing for Manuel. I, d- yes. I saw this coming. I mean, I, I know I always say I've seen it a million yeah. times before, but I, I think it's fairly well telegraphed.
0: Yes, yeah. It's it's pointed out to you, isn't it? It's pointed out for you to sort of watch out for this. Yeah. Gourmet night comes around, and there's already an issue because there's um, a family that a family of four that have cancelled already mm. before the night even begins, to which um faulty says, "Well, I hope it's nothing trivial, because he's obviously <laughs> put, really put out that someone wouldn't want to come to yeah. his gourmet night." Um, there is there is a lineup though for, of of guests that are, that are turning it up. There's the the, the 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 JPs, yes, which are Colonel and Mrs Hall. Yep, we've got the Twitchens, Lionel and Lottie.
1: Which seems weird to me because I would have thought the other two should have been called the Twitchins.
0: Yes. Yeah. But the Hot the holes and the Twitchins. So we've got two couples that are that are definitely going to be there. The Twitchins yes. I think um Mr. Twitch and Lionel is Torquay's leading Rotarian. Yes. So I bet Basil was oh I bet he was thrilled to bits with that. The ladies oh, Miss Tibbs and Miss Gatsby attempt to come downstairs to get some dinner and get ushered back up. To get out of the way, mm-hmm. he doesn't need them to sort of, you know, twittering around.
1: Can't blame him for that. They are annoying.
0: No, that would be um, it. Would be too much, wouldn't it? It would be too much.
1: We see at this point as well that Manuel is unhappy about something, but Basil's not got time to deal with him.
0: He's very upset again.
1: Isn't? Just, just setting the scene that something's happened to mm. discombobulate Manuel, but uh, Fawlty's just far too tied up in what's what's going on with his gourmet night to entertain any nonsense from him.
0: He does get. Um, he gets very hyper focused. Does does faulty when something happens that he's got to give his attention to. Nothing else mm. matters. And we found this before when when um, the episode where Polly was trying to get his attention about the the guy that was trying to steal the the coins.
1: Yeah, he wouldn't listen to her.
0: He wouldn't listen because he's busy focusing on what's going on. The halls arrive in the bar and they begin some sort of very boring. Chitter chatter about the weather. Colonel Hall has a bit of a twitch. <laughs>
1: a bit of a twitch, um, which
0: is very weird. It's a it's a really odd scene. At first, I thought, God, is he trying? Is he in on the Manuel thing? Does he know what's going on? And he's like busy trying to sort of indicate to, to Falter that there's something happening. But it wasn't. It was just a random twitch.
1: Yeah, but it's so OTT. Clearly yeah. deliberately. Um, it made me laugh because Sybil physically recoiled from it. <laughs> yeah, the first he time he did a, it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's apparently met apparently met previously at a dinner dance, Fawlty and uh, Colonel Hall, but Colonel Hall doesn't remember any of this, which no. really puts Faulty out because he thinks that he's obviously a memorable person. He then asks, how's your daughter? How's your daughter? <sighs> trying to sort of like jog his memory. Yeah. To which Sybil tells him that the daughter's dead, which is just, oh my God, horrendous. What a horrendous conversation to be part of.
1: Maybe, maybe this was in there just to show him getting more and more panicky because he gets so panicky he forgets his own name, doesn't he? Yeah. As you would if you if you drop something like that, you would be like, yeah. "Oh Jesus!"
0: And then, so Sibyl en- ends up introducing Basil to the to the halls just to get it get it moving onwards.
1: This lady who plays Colonel Hall's wife. Yes. She's got a massive head on a tiny body, isn't she? Yes. She's like a bobble bobblehead.
0: A tiny face in the middle of a of a of a head,
1: but it's huge. It's the head's the size of a torso. It's really, really, really yeah. weird. And she's tiny, so he didn't. He actually Basil didn't didn't spot her behind no. Colonel Hall. And then when he's trying to get them a drink, Colonel Hall says, "Too small and dry." <laughs> and Basil said, "I wouldn't say that." How <laughs> <laughs> to ingratiate yourself, eh?
0: Absolutely, absolutely he does the opposite of what he's what he's trying to do. The twitchings then arrive, and they're in the reception. Polly's now trying to get Basil's attention about Kurt, but we're not really sure. I don't think we're really sure at this stage what's, what's sort of going on. But there's obviously something happening in the kitchen, off set, off the camera.
1: But it, she's she's trying to explain it in such weird metaphors.
0: Yeah, she is. The, the, what she keeps saying to him doesn't actually tell him what's happened. I, I don't think you would have a clue, would you, what was going on with what she Well, she's... clearly
1: Basil didn't.
0: No, no faulty introduces the twitchings to the halls um and basil can't remember names and it's i feel really embarrassed for him he really is he really is so off the wall at this point that he's, he's struggling to even interact with with guests and ends up laughing maniacally because he can't remember what the names are and then faints in order to get out of the situation
1: yeah he''s, he ma- he's as usual making everything 10 times worse yes just, just through his mania yeah
0: yes yeah it seems to it just overtakes him Polly then just gets to the point and tells Faulty that Kurt's drunk. Yeah. Kurt's had a row with Manuel because he's got a crush on him, which is not reciprocated by Manuel. And so he's got himself drunk. He's he's slouched down in the kitchen with a bottle, crying. And Polly is trying her best now to, to get this sorted. So Basil flings Kurt against the wall and tries to get him to wake up and out of his drunken stupor. Polly says that the best thing to do now would be to ring Andre, to which, again, one of the, one of the infamous lines used by Fawlty, he's working tonight, you cloth and bint.
1: Yeah, she gets it again. <laughs> she
0: gets it again.
1: Yeah, I must admit, I, I think I messaged you the other day saying I accidentally called Alia a bint the other day,
0: just because <laughs> it's now
1: wedged in my lexicon again, having been watching your, all this. Part these...
0: of your daily lexicon now, brilliant. I
1: think it is, yeah. I, uh, well, it, you say brilliant, she didn't.
0: <laughs> no, I bet she didn't. I bet she didn't.
1: Um, I don't quite understand Basil's logic by tr- by trying to sort out Kurt by throwing him against a door and then trying to resuscitate him by throttling him. It's not quite.
0: No, he's he's not really with the program, is he? There.
1: He's not at all. No. And then he he just won't tell Sybil what's going on either. He's just yeah. In such you know he literally can't um, verbalise <laughs> the situation. He's so
0: situation yeah because it's it literally is like his worst case scenario in cities. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing you could imagine has happened. So he needs to change the menu now because Andre can put together, he can cobble him something together to send over and Basil needs to change the menu. So the the guests are already perusing the menu in the other room. Mm. But Basil has had to change it to only duck um, dishes, (laughs) unfortunately. There's duck with orange, there's duck with cherries and there's a duck surprise, which is duck without orange and cherries. So if you don't like duck, you're rather stuck. <laughs> Polly and Manuel begin to serve the, the starters, which they already had. And the colonel wants the wine list. So he's just trying to, trying to sort of make the most of it.
1: Yeah, because Basil says, certainly major,
0: <laughs> colonel! Colonel, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Mrs. Hall screams at this point that she's going to be sick. And she said, "It's not cut, you ignoramus." <laughs> and I think it's the—is it the the mullet that's not cut? And there's a hair in the moose. Yeah. To which Polly says, "Don't tell everyone because they'll all want one." Ha ha ha.
1: And then Colonel Hall goes, "What?" <laughs> in this so over the top way.
0: Basil's now got to head out to Andre's restaurant. Um, we had we had a great outside on location. Shot of, um, of the, the shop front of Andre's. Oh, I
1: bet I got you popping.
0: I loved it. And the internal shot of, of, of the inside of, of Andre's restaurant at the back. So Andre has kindly cobbled together some dishes that, that Faulty can take back and sort of say that they've been made at the hotel. So he sends Faulty back with a, with a tray with a big, big lid on it and sauces in the back of the car. As he's, as he's going into the, into the, the kitchen, he, he drops the platter. And he, he bends down and there's also there's like sort of a really comic scene of doors opening and banging heads and sauce being spewed everywhere. And it's a bit of a mess, isn't it, in the kitchen?
1: Manuel stumbles in and, and ends up getting his foot stuck in the duck on the floor. Yes. <laughs> that was quite funny.
0: Yes. So that's had to be a write-off. That, that meal is a complete write-off. Sybil calls Andre again to ask him to do... The same meal and then oh, it, it just ends up maniacal. A maniacal scene of Polly and Manuel having to placate the guests by singing and playing music while Faulty disappears off again
1: yeah. to pick up more food. It's like an impromptu cabaret aimed at smoothing them over. Yeah. But it's so bad. Well, A, it's so bad and B, it's so loud. Manuel's yes. clearly being really loud and really yes. in close proximity to them. They're really not appreciating it. no. Before Basil disappears, he gets that duck on the floor and literally pitches it into sleeping Kurt's guts as well.
0: He yeah, just it does lobs it right th- at Throws him. it at him.
1: So it's it's really heavy on a slapstick, isn't it, this one, I think? It
0: is. It is. And then at, back at Andre's, there is a, a major misunderstanding. Again, before faulty has a chance to pick up the, the platter with the food that he needs... Another waiter comes in and takes the dish, leaving the platter that, that Faulty ends up bringing back to the hotel, which is actually a blancmange. It's like a big blancmange pudding. Oh, is that what it was? That he brings back by accident.
1: You don't see blancmanges anymore, do you? That's a bit of a 70s, 80s. No,
0: it's a, I think it's a, a it's like a trifly. It's like, it looks like, um, like something that's been made from a mould and then placed onto the platter. Yeah. It looks quite nice, but it's not what the, the guests are expecting. They're expecting duck at this stage but we have the infamous scene where faulty gets into the car to come back and the car will not start yeah which is obviously foreshadowed from the from the opening scene so he gives it a damn good thrashing with a tree branch in the middle of the road in order to make it obviously he throws everything at it as as faulty does when things go wrong just sort of beat it to try and make it come right again
1: yeah I've, this this is a scene from faulty towers law which has been so over analyzed well not over analyzed it's been I, mean, I can't say that and then analyze it some more can I it's, <laughs> it's been it's been one that's bit it's sort of part of the zeitgeist isn't it it's part of the yes. cultural fabric of it comedies is. in britain so you see, there's loads of clips of of the of the cast and crew talking about the making of this and i think there's bits of where cleese is saying that they tried it several times with different sized branches before they worked right. out which branch was the funniest. Is that right? He couldn't qualify what made it the funniest. He just knew it knew it was. He yeah. kept rushing off and, and picking up. I think John Howard Davis had them finding different sized branches and he'd come back and do his shtick, you know, you bastard, yeah. maybe um, thrashing the car, But just one particular branch, the one that made it into the final cut, just happened to be
0: was the, funniest.
1: the right one for the right comedic. Output yeah, the other the other thing with this scene is that John Cleese couldn't actually drive, so it was a stunt Cleese in the car.
0: Was it that did the driving? <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean he was thirty five, but he couldn't drive. He did, I think he didn't pass his test until the following year or something. Right, I think it's an overrated scene. I'll, I'll just put myself out there and say it. it's funny, but it's not. There's so many other funnier scenes in Faulty Towns for me. Yeah, I
0: think the the. the... That their their knack of picking out the funniest word in a line, mm. for me is that's that's funnier because those words tend to land so well because they've been crafted and recrafted and worked on and thought about. Whereas, do you know it? it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me if it was a different branch. I don't know. Yeah, that it, it's a funny scene, but like you say, it's um it's infamous.
1: Comedic sensibilities were different. and I think it's yeah. It's to do with the. He did that physical comedy better than anyone. Yeah. And there weren't people doing it the way he did it. So it was fresh. Yeah. That's the difference. Nowadays, that type of thing wouldn't be fresh. So it's, you've got to view it through the 1970s lenses, I suppose.
0: Absolutely. And again, I think we've said this before. That's quite a python, the physical slapstick of, of a big man hitting a car with a branch at the yeah. time. That was quite, not surreal, but, but out of the, it's like so out of the ordinary when it came to, comedy that was on TV at the time, I think.
1: Yeah, and the, and the fact that he's castigating it while he's doing it, he's not just yeah. hitting it.
0: Yeah, shouting at it like it's a naughty boy.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give you a damn good thrashing. It's yeah. a great line to be shouting at car. Ah,
0: you vicious bastard! Come on! <laughs> oh, my God! In fact, this next bit made me laugh more, the fact that he then runs home, <laughs> he runs home with the platter. Yeah. <laughs> he just sets off running, and I think that just that's just because he's got extraordinary long legs. And looks quite—he looks like a a baby gazelle when he when he runs. I think he's, yes. he's just got a comedic look to him, being the the sort of dimensions that he is. But
1: well, While um, he's doing that, Sybil's Sybil's now stalling everything with her awful stories, which, if anything, she is must be even more difficult to to bear than the Manuel's cabaret.
0: Do you think she's quite happy though at this stage? Because she's sat laughing and jo- and joking and smoking.
1: She is, but the guests aren't.
0: <laughs> no, they're miserable. But she's probably quite, quite comfortable in in that role. Faulty comes wandering in with the with this platter hmm. on a trolley for the big reveal because he's thinking, amazing, like I've got it all sorted. No one's, no one's suspected anything. It's all under control, which obviously it isn't. He's ready to carve the duck. He does that thing where you, you know, you you sharpen your knife, and he lifts the lid, and it's a, it's a, tr- it's a trifle. It's a pudding on a tray. And he digs through it <laughs> to try and find the duck.
1: Yeah, that is that is the funny part of that. Not that he Not that it's a trifle because you expect it's gonna be something different. It's the believe yeah. that it could it must be a duck, it must be in there somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. And what about the duck? The duck's off, sorry. And then yeah. the 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 episode finishes. Beep. What
1: did you think of this one?
0: I think I was waiting for it knowing that the the car thrashing scene was was in it. Like you said that is when you see sort of clips of Faulty Towers that's often the one that they use that, mm. that sort of TV producers use to to sort of highlight the, the comedic element of Faulty Towers. It it felt very quick. I don't know about you, but it felt like things happened quite quite quickly and it felt it felt shorter. I don't know whether it's because Things were more concise. The sort of like elements of it were, were more concise and and dealt with and then moved on, but it did feel like it was it was less drawn out than other episodes.
1: I think it's um, simply, yeah. I think it's poorer for it. Actually, there's less wordplay. Yeah. There's less busyness. less yeah. ce- Less cerebral, really. It's just a mm. straightforward farce, really. Yes. Is what we've got here. The showing of Basil Thrush in his car as being representative of Faulty Towers, is as much misleading as the clip of Margot falling over in a sou'wester in yes. the Goods Garden. It just seems to be a bit of slapstick which people have clung to, but doesn't actually represent the strengths of the show to me. Yes. Do you know what I mean by that? Is that fair?
0: I do. Yeah, I think so. It's almost just, just picking out something that's been for the greatest laughs almost, hmm. which I don't know. If... if in the seventies, if that was shown and, and Margot's Pratt pratfall was was sort of shown, did 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 they would they have landed different in the seventies? Would the audiences of like if it was like a couple of years after, would those clips have landed? I don't better in the seventies than they would do now.
1: You think about like classic things from *Fools and Horses* in the eighties and nineties. It's Del Boy falling over in the bar. It's the pratfalls, the, the, isn't it? Yeah. The British public love a good physical gag. Yeah. I think now maybe but all the way through the 20th century things like that landed maybe maybe less so now
0: I think John Cleese uh, just just going back to last week and the line about the um the table tennis table the ping pong table yeah um it's not great but I, it, could, it could be used in an emergency <laughs> to me that is such a funny line and that stuff I I find that funny on a on a modern level as well I think that so I do think he was while being very demonstrative and, and very physically funny to look at, and his actions always sort of landed well in Fawlty Towers. I think the his, his ability to, the, the wordplay, the attention to detail with what was the funny, like the, the funniest way to say something, hmm. still lands well now.
1: That's why it's timeless. That's why yeah. it's timeless. As good as Cleese is with his physicality, there are lots of shows that deal in physical comedy yeah but the, the the thing that gives it its longevity and timelessness is the craft that goes into the yeah the script for me
0: yeah although i th- i think in this episode i think some of the some of it just didn't land like the, the twitch didn't land <laughs> well it just seemed over exaggerated and polly's polly trying to explain what was happening with kurt didn't land yeah for, for me
1: I suppose we've got a little bit hashtag different times as well with um, mm. Kurt being a, a, a sex, essentially a sex pest because yeah. he can't he can't handle unrequited love.
0: Yeah, it just goes to pot.
1: Yeah, he goes to pot, and then and then I think Basil says he's Greek. That's worse. They invented it at some point as he's being bustled into the kitchen. So yeah, a little bit hashtag different times that. Mm. I think yeah. The other thing from this episode I was going to say is that we we're seeing faulty getting more and more outrageous in his in his desperate lies when he's backed himself into a corner. Yeah. You know when he's when he's with these guests and he can't remember the names and he starts yeah. just making up ridiculous things.
0: He can't even stop himself to just be sensible and, and ask. I'm sorry. i I know you've told me your name. I'm really sorry. What's just, just yeah. tell me your name again, which would diffuse. I know. It, obviously, we've we've said before that that's not good for a TV comedy show. But it, as as a person, as a, as a as a sort of a being, if he would just asked, it would have it would have diffused the problem. But he doesn't do that.
1: As well as serving the comedy, the character is shown to have no a no self awareness, but just yeah. B has a has an inability to be seen as wrong. He can't say yeah. He can't he can't be seen to be weak in any way. Like, he can't can't not fix his own car. He can't not sort out O'Reilly to come and do the building. Everything, he'll never admit to being wrong. And he'll lie to a ridiculous degree. Yeah. He reminds me of one of those, like, Billy bullshit kids, you know, at school where you get.
0: Yeah. They
1: they tell a lie, like, my my uncle's. My uncle's. I'm trying to think of an example. My uncle's Nigel Mansell. Yeah. And then they'll compound that lie by saying, oh, yeah, I can't come this weekend because I'm off to Silverstone to. Yeah. Same uncle race. This just goes keep pouring on. Pouring
0: it on. Yeah. Adding to it until it's just out of control. And it is he is out of control, isn't it? Do you think he's getting more out of control as the episodes go on? Is it is it ramping up, do you think?
1: I think it just ramps up as per the situation. This he clearly, yeah. he invested a lot in this. Like yeah. he invested a lot in that first episode with the um with the advert to attract a higher clientele that yes. snobbishness matters a lot to him. So he really wants it to work, and therefore he goes to, you know, his mania is yeah. up to up to twelve. That seems
0: to be get, getting the getting the correct clientele for the hotel seems to be a real trigger for him. It really does when things mm. don't go right in that arena. When he can sort of like push himself up to the next sort of echelons of of grandeur within within the class system, he seems to go to pot when it doesn't quite go as he wants it to.
1: I think. As well as being in with that crowd, he really, really wants to not have to deal with the riffraff. Yes. You know, the people at the start, the, the kid with the chips. He, he yeah. wants to never have to deal with those pricks again, mm. which is a big thing. But just going back to the um, to the bullshit thing, it reminded me of um, of a kid at Joey's school a couple right. of years ago. Like I say, when a kid makes up some shit and it's so unbelievable, but they just build on it and build on it.
0: Yes, yep. Yeah.
1: And bear in mind, this was year eight. So what age did they at year eight? No, year nine. 13, 14?
0: 13,
1: 14. He was coming and he he always had tales of sexual escapades. Right. Joe would come home saying, oh, Billy bullshit's her again. But he kept kept having to go bigger and go bigger. Oh, my God. And he said he'd had a one-night stand with every female teacher in the school.
0: That is a stretch, isn't it?
1: Well, not just he—he he he didn't say I fucked him. He just come in and said I had a one night, st- a one night stand. It's With
0: like, all of them together, like a collective, or I don't
1: know.
0: individually.
1: Well, a he had to qualify that it was the female ones because he's not gay. So it's just
0: the, just the ladies, right?
1: Okay. B it was a one night stand. It wasn't. It wasn't just a pumpkin. Wow! Him. It was. You can imagine him walking through the corridors the next, on Monday morning going, saying, oh, "Oksandra, it was really special." It but was let's one, never talk one time about only. It again. Yeah. It's a one night stand. Yeah, obviously the kid just got worse and worse and worse with it. And I almost feel sorry for him because he was just yeah. he couldn't back down and that's what Basil's yeah.
0: like. Backed into a corner with his sexual escapade lies. Yeah. I bet the teachers as well. It's not it's not even like it it's it, like oh no, you don't know him, they go to another school. It's <laughs> literally the teachers that are teaching you maths after lunchtime. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I've had it. Yeah,
1: oh, God. In a one-night stand. I
0: love I love
1: Miss. Some, some kids grow up and they never get out of that. Yeah. My mate James is uh, he's famous for his bullshit. Because the, the, the guy in this is, what's he called? Not the Major. The, the Colonel.
0: The Colonel, Colonel Hall.
1: And then, and then Basil calls him Major. Yes. Well, my mate, he made up a bullshit a few years ago that his granddad insisted on all the grandkids calling him the Admiral and every time he walked into a room they had to salute him. (laughs) What? And then he just does it for shits and giggles. I mean, he's he he will back down and he'll just say, no, it's just bullshit. It was nonsense, right? Yeah. So the point that guys like that, you know everything they say to take with a pinch of salt. It's 50-50 whether it might be true or not. (laughs) Yeah. But I do like the idea of it.
0: There's people that believe it. They believe their own sort of nonsense, don't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, some of them just live in a... Well, Donald Trump springs to mind in everything he says he believes. I don't yeah. think he even thinks he's lying.
0: No, he believes, he's, he believes his own mistruths, yeah.
1: Anyway, let's have a look, shall we, at Brick a Brack Spotlight. Did you manage to pick anything out?
0: I did. I've picked two really, really random things this week. My first one that I've picked is the um, outside signage of Andre's restaurant. Yeah. Because it it, it is it, it just that for me, if you've read any of the um, posts that I've written about sort of the seventies and, and and things being of a time, um, mm. that style of of outside signage in a shop, it just gives me sort of like warm warm feelings of a of a time of a time gone by, and it's it's all misremembered. I I re- I remember it as a kid and it all being very rosy and lovely, and it potentially wasn't. But there's it's one of those. Pointers in, like, sort of points in, in in life when I when I look back and look at them on TV, it, it gives me a warm, a warm, fuzzy glow.
1: Hmm. And what was your other one, or was that your only one? <laughs> it
0: was, it was Mrs. Hall's face. <laughs> her,
1: her massive face she, on her tiny body.
0: The tiny face on the big head, because you don't see, you rarely see actors that look like Mrs. Hall anymore. It was uh, that that look for me, is like of a time gone by. You don't see people that look like that anymore. No. Maybe I'm just total sweeping generalisation there. If you know anyone that has a Mrs Hall face, um, send me a picture, because I'd like to see that. But I don't know, for me, it just felt of a time, and it's not a face that you see.
1: I'm sure the actress who played Mrs Hall is delighted to know that you've picked her face as bric-a-brac, representative Brick-a-brac. of she is, the yeah.
0: 70s. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Mrs Hall. But yeah, it just felt of a... Of a, of a moment in time,
1: I've got one which you definitely don't see anymore, and I'm not sure how prevalent it was in the 1970s, but it, it stood out to me. Basil's Austin, what is it?
0: The Austin um, 1100.
1: Yeah, not the Austin 1100 itself, because obviously you don't see them anymore. But mm. the um, the fact that the rearview mirror, or not the rearview mirror, the side, the wing mirrors, yes. went on the side of the door, they were right above the headlights, elevated on stalks. Yes which is very much a weird thing. Why would they not just put it... I mean, it's like, a, a, what is it, two metres away from where Basil sat behind the wheel? Yeah. Looking at a small mirror so that he can see what's... It's a weird placement. I don't understand what they were thinking in the automobile industry at that point.
0: I'm sure my granddad had a car. Was it a Datsun Sonny, I think, that had the, 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 the mirrors on the front, not, on the, not where you'd, they normally would be. They were yeah. like randomly... On the front of the car.
1: If you needed to adjust them, you'd have to pull over, wouldn't Get you? Out. To know, Get out. And wrench the stalk around. Yeah. Until you could find the right place.
0: You could lean out your window, maybe, as you were driving and just poke them with a with a stick.
1: If you had arms like Mr. Tickle, possibly. You could do, yeah. Go, go, gadget arms.
0: Or Basil Fawlty with his long arms. Yeah, maybe he could have Maybe done. he just glint out just lent out and just adjusted them. You
1: would just give it a talking to and it righted itself, probably.
0: Yeah, you would do, yeah. Just so I did
1: So I think we've got a few fashion items to have a look at this week Well, I say we, you, because you're the fashion um, guru So let's have a trip over to Fashion Corner
0: Well, Well, it's time time to to take a little trip trip To to the place that long ago was hip It's Fashion Corner, it's Fashion Corner It's Fashion Corner, Fashion Corner Corner, Corner. We have got quite a bit to chat about this week in Fashion Corner First port of call is Sybil um, early on in the episode with an Air Force blue skirt suit and she's got like a cream ruffly blouse underneath it very sort of of the time she wears quite a lot of, of these outfits where it's a really smart suit on the outside with uh, a ruffly blouse underneath I like the colour the, the Air Force blue colour of it was was stunning, it was beautiful my next mention is in the dining room scene Sybil again this time she's got like a red bolero jacket, so like a very short jacket with a sparkly black trimming around the outside and then like the the dress was like a reverse, it was like a black dress with red sparkly trimming she looked very Christmassy, I must admit in this Mm. scene, that seemed to be she she sort of pushed the boat out for this this, um, meeting with Andre yes, yeah in the other room at the same time as this, we've got the the family that are sat having their dinner with the kid, with the annoying kid Ronald. Ronald's got, he's just dressed in brown. He's like in the, the the 1970s kind of regulation brown shirt with he's got a huge collar with a brown tank top over the top. He looks like did you ever have, when you were at school, did you have a hymn book called Come and Praise?
1: Not to my memory
0: and and if anyone remembers the common Praise hymn book from schools it had pictures of kids on the front with like massive big 1970s haircuts and huge collars and it was a it was a book and it, it never seemed to be updated even though i was in primary school sort of in the late 80s it, it they never changed the cover of it so it was like kids that looked like ronald on the cover and he looked it was from the pages of of the common Praise hymn book
1: did they have um... 1970s faces that were huge like this woman as well.
0: No, they didn't have Mrs Hall faces, no. Big heads with tiny faces. Ronald's mum, despite being a really annoying pest in this scene, um, she's dressed in like a lilac frock dress with an atomic geometric print in orange and white which do seem like really random colors to go together but it really works and i think she the dress that she's wearing is i think it's stunning Lovely. mrs hall of the big head and tiny face um, looks like she's just wandered off the set of 70s tv show upstairs downstairs
1: <laughs> yeah she's got
0: like an edwardian really buttoned up like to, to like a, a throat gray dress blows with a ruffled collar and, and like puffy sleeves and then like a long skirt and she yeah she just I, I don't know there's just something about Mrs Hall that just doesn't sit right with me whether it she just looks out of place with a face and a dress I don't what it I don't know
1: yeah she was an odd character no, she was not. an odd
0: character yeah maybe it was supposed to make you feel like that she just made me feel uneasy the twitchings when they arrived Mrs Twitchings in like a powder pink coat again she looked like she could have been in the audience for the the royal performance of the final episode of The Good Life (laughs) she'd have fitted in well with that with that click huge back wing sleeves and it's like it's like a coat that she's got on and then she's got underneath a dress with a massive blue grey feather boa so she'd obviously dressed up for the occasion she was she was all ready for being part of the the elite uh, gourmet night Polly, for the for the for the gourmet night, is dressed in black, kind of like in a, in like the uniform of, of being a waitress, which we, we we don't we often see her sort of dressed up for getting on with the job, and but on this occasion she's dressed in like smart black top and skirt with a brown blouse underneath with a huge collar. She also had a huge co- collar like like Ronald.
1: Yeah, I thought she looked lovely actually.
0: And she yeah she looked very. Fit for the occasion. She got fit for the parts, definitely. I think that's everything for, for fashion Carla this week.
1: Well, Ronald himself was in quite a, a fetching tank top. Did you notice?
0: Yes, his tank top <laughs> over the top of his um massive collared shirt.
1: And uh, Manuel had a, a sort of snazzy pair of braces on when he was in the kitchen early on.
0: All oh, right. Like, okay. A red, oh, I did Miss red them? Sorry. pair Terry. of
1: Gordon Gecko braces.
0: Rock on Terry. Terry. Rock <laughs> on Terry. Rock on Tommy. Who's well, Terry? Terry Nutkins. <laughs> Terry Nutkins or Terry Thomas. There he is again. So next week, we are up to episode six of this series. Do you know what it's called then?
1: Yes, it's uh, The Germans.
0: Oh, right.
1: I wonder what that one was about. Say no more. Yes, literally, don't mention it. I think I did once, but I think I got away with it. We don't need to say anything more about that. We'll get stuck into that next week and there'll be a big, long discussion about why it was banned last year or the year before on the BBC, no doubt. Might be a long one, now.
0: Cripes. You bastard! <laughs> so if you're enjoying what we're doing and you want to join in and uh, or carry on um, watching along with us, you can follow us at Saddle Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. There we post out rare photos and videos on Faulty Towers and The Good Life and more. We have a Facebook page that you can find by searching Saddle Podcast. And we also have a growing Facebook group that you can join and contribute to with discussion or memes and rarities that you might find yourself. You can also vote for the subject matter of our forthcoming Series 3, which will be later this year. And you can also suggest ones um, and get involved by contributing there. Subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website, which is saddle.club, And you can get uh, more information about us, read the blog. And you can show us a coffee and you can listen to episodes if you don't do podcast apps. You can also take our Good Life quiz. Give it a whirl.
1: Big shout out to Rusty Doodles again, who did us our, John, uh, our Basil faulty and Manuel images for our, uh, our social media banners. He got in touch to suggest porridge for the next series.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Mm.
1: But if you join our Facebook group, you can put some suggestions forward and we will put it to the poll in about six weeks' time and we'll let the, the saddos decide within reason.
0: Excellent. <laughs> within yeah. reason.
1: Somebody else suggested Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Did you like that with Kathy Burke?
0: I like Cassie Burke and I like is he, I want to say Richard Dreyfus, but I know he's not called that.
1: I know what you mean as well but I can't think of his name. I
0: do really like him. But I, I I was never really on I never really got gimme gimme gimme.
1: No, Dinner Ladies would be preferable to gimme 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 I think. For me. What about you?
0: I lo- I love Dinner Ladies.
1: So I don't know if we're doing 90s we might consider 90s but it'd be mm. quite nice to stick to 70s and 80s for season 3 maybe. <sighs>
0: I loved, it. I loved Dinner Ladies because Victoria Wood is another comedic actor who will hyper focus on the funniest word, like the funniest branch to hit the car with. Yeah. She's another one that will go, she will find the funniest word for a line that changes the whole, the whole setup of it.
1: She just, was brilliant. I yeah. I
0: find it very admirable.
1: I'm getting to that age now, I suppose, or we are getting to that age where our favourite comics are dropping dead and it's really depressing, isn't it?
0: It is! days but what what a legacy what a legacy to leave behind
1: on that on that miserable note
0: <laughs> on that sad somber note
1: <laughs> yeah um, we'll we'll see you next week for series 1 episode 6 the germans smoke me a kipper i'll be back for breakfast
0: hold you ho